So um, how about some eco-friendly alternative plastic made from salmon sperm? Does that interest you? Sounds delicious. today oh boy about two lucky boys who decided to kick off the promo up front podcast episode number 74 i'm one of your hosts bill petrie as i stand here at my standing desk with me as always my good pal the admiral of alternative plastics the sergeant of scent the president of promo research himself the one and only kirby hossman kirby how the hell are you sitting there (laughs) I'm doing well. Not I'm not standing at attention like you are, so I I admire that. Uh, no, I'm doing really well. I'm excited that uh, get to get to chat with you each week. I, I it's been you know that week after you know you, you get off for a little bit is always a little bit hectic. I know you know that probably a little better than I do this this week. Um, but you know it's been it's it's that kind of busy that's been a really good busy, which it, you know mm-hmm. it, it, at least here it is. So I'm doing pretty darn well. How about you, buddy? Doing great. Like I said, I, you know, taking almost the whole week off last week and, and, you know, it's like a vacation week, did a ton of work the week before, did nothing last week. And now it's like an avalanche of things that are coming together, but it's all very exciting and and it's a lot of fun. And it really just makes me feel excited, but you know what else makes me feel excited, Kirby? What's that, Bill? Thank you so much for knowing to ask. It's our good pals over at Soapbox. That's right, Soapbox uh, Marketing Communication. You know, we've talked about what the Soapbox is. It's that one-on-one brainstorming sessions, virtual platform. They've they've taken the best parts of those one-on-one supplier meetings, extracted them out, and created the easiest, most efficient, most economical virtual platform in the industry, bar none. I think we absolutely all know that. But my favorite part, as I talked about last week, it's so manageable, right, Kirby? Yeah. Four, two, one. Four, from a distributor's perspective, you got yeah. four meetings, one time a month, yeah. and it takes about two hours. And I know that's a huge thing for you. It really has saved you a lot of time and really introduced you to some great, great suppliers. Yeah, and I think I, I totally get where the pushback would be um, from someone thinking about it, you're like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I want one more thing, one more scheduled meetings. Right. And uh, you know, I, I'll be the first to say when I talked to uh, Dan and Brad about this, it's like, oh gosh, I don't know if it, you know, I'll be able to fit it in. It really wasn't that hard. And I was always so glad, you know, you found those meetings on your schedule because they give you a month to plan it out. And and yeah, thing, the, yeah, yeah, they. they that you find them on your schedule. And then at the end of that day, I was always like, okay, I want to go back to my team and talk about what I've learned because it, it just, it, it force feeds you in a really brief period of time. And it, it really is valuable. Well, it's not like a usual like supplier gauntlet where you as a yeah. distributor are drinking from a fire hose yeah. and you get excited in meeting one. And by the time you get to meeting 15, you don't, you start blending suppliers yeah. together. You totally. can't remember who has what. So it's a great thing. And, and I know you've been there and we should take your word for it. You are a customer, you've been there and it's great. But how about this nugget from Shannon Laredo from, uh, uh, Laredo from Business, Business Branders? She said this, Soapbox has changed the way I learn about suppliers 
and has helped me grow my business. Soapbox meeting, soapbox meetings are effective and impactful. Period. Now, I don't know a lot of people who walk out of their general supplier meeting thinking that was uh, not only effective but impactful. But she has that feeling. I know you do too. I know everybody from a distributor perspective has that feeling. So, if you can't say your supplier meetings are powerful and impactful and effective you're probably doing it wrong. It's probably time to step up on that soapbox. So yeah. head over to promosoapbox.com, fill out the information form. If you are a distributor that sells $500,000 or more, hey, you qualify. You qualify yeah. right now. So head on over there, fill that out. Or you can even email them if it's easier for you at info at promosoapbox.com. I don't think you'll be sorry you did. You will not be sorry you did. You will it. not. All right. So this platinum level content is provided free because right. of good people like the promo soapbox to you, both of our listeners, the one in Nebraska, the one in Louisiana, we appreciate it. I have the upfront topic today. So we always start off with a something promo centric. And I was real excited as I was doing my research today, Kirby, getting ready for the podcast. Speaking of research, PPI has a new study out. Have you seen this Kirby? I haven't. You're going to have to enlighten I, me, my friend. I love my statistics. Yep. Um, I, and I love it when it has to do with promo. So um, they researched or they surveyed about 5,600, almost 5,700 people and users in oh, the United man. States and Canada. And they wanted to see how people got their promo and a couple other things. Yeah. And people were able to click multiple ways how they receive the promo they had. And so if I can share some of this with yeah. you, Kirby, it would eat some of the time of the podcast, which I would appreciate. <laughs> um 45.9% of the respondents said it would, they, they took the branded uh, merchandise offered by a business. So a bank, a, a hotel, um, you know, what, whatever it is, a restaurant. So that's at almost 50%. 32% received it with a purchase. 28.2% um, handed out, uh, it was handed out to an attendee at an event, trade show, something like that, social gathering. 269 were given uh, by employers uh, or an organization. But here's the one that really just kind of grabbed my attention. And I really kind of want to dig a little deeper if you'll indulge me, Kirby. 47.2 people said they got it in the mail from a business. So 47.2%? Mm-hmm. promo products in snail mail from a business. And I thought... Well, I, I, you want, do you have a thought? If you want to have a thought, I'll let go you ahead. go. But go ahead. I thought, what if, if for whatever reason that blew me away, I thought that number, if you know, would be yeah. much lower, someone in the 20, 25% range. And it just shows how impactful marrying what we do in promotional products with direct mail, how impactful what we always call lumpy mail is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think you agree with that. No, I do. My question is, was that, was that like 47.2% have received it in the last mm -hmm. 20 years or last year? It, I don't it have that information yeah, okay. in front of me. Okay. Um, so let's just say it was yesterday. Okay. Well, I, I think, it, so the idea, if you're going to do that, I, I think, think it's you, the, prom I think it's the promotional products that they have, that they thought of. You okay. own promotional products. How did you receive them? Yeah, I don't no, think there fair. was a time limit on it. No, that's 100% fair. But what I would say that it's probably generally with anything like this, there's a recency bias just 
not in a bad way, just like the, you're looking at what's in front of you. You're looking right. at what's, yeah. And it, the idea that, that that high a percentage, that is really high, right? Yeah, And honestly, the event one is really low. Yeah. Right? Like that's actually- Well, I think that has a two, pandemic effect there. I right, think that's, that's exactly my point. Effect, yeah. And so um, I think not only does it show the impact that can have, but it also shows how quickly, not only we as an industry- promoted the idea that we should reach out to our customers, but how quickly our customers did, how quickly our customers decided to, no, it's a good decision. Uh, How quickly our customers decided, you know what? Yeah, we still do need to reach out to our, you know, our customers. And one of the ways we can do it is by uh, meeting them in direct mail. Now, the other thing I would say that it tells me, and I'm, I'm totally reading between the lines, but it's just something that pops into my head. One of the trends that I saw over the last 18 months is that we did more high quality branded merchandise. And that, that kind of marries together too, because if you got a bunch of cheap shit in the mail, you wouldn't remember it. Right. So my guess is that 47%, they remember it because they got really nice swag it's really funny you mentioned that and just for the people who are only listening to the podcast when kirby said it was a good decision i'm still trying to figure out lighting with it getting dark at like 3 15 where i live <laughs> and so we had we had the lighting all set and then three minutes later it got super dark so i had to flip on a light that was my good decision so kirby you bring up something interesting because the ex- next part of the survey i did want to discuss okay was why did people keep their promotional product okay you just went into so we couldn't have scripted that any better we should almost call this podcast unscripted. <laughs> I, I don't know. Anyway, 48.7% of the respondents said they kept it longer than five years. Now that's oh, wow. longer than any other statistic in that area. I recall it's always yeah, wow. been, you know, 18 months, two years. So five wow, years, almost 50% said they've kept a promotional product for five, almost wow. five years or five years. Why? The biggest reason why? By an overwhelming majority, Kirby, 75%. It kept it because the product was useful. And that feeds right into what you just said. Mm-hmm. That was a high quality product. It's, yeah. you know, the best promo is used, kept, and remembered, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's something in the industry we don't focus enough on right. the usefulness of the product, right? Yeah. We, 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 lately, I think we focus on the experience. That's super important. Yeah, it is. The re, how, you, how one receives the promotional product. But don't forget to remember is it a product that people will keep and use? Yeah. And, and I utility? think you would agree. Yeah. No, if there's not utility, but I also would go back to even if it's something that you want to use, yeah. if it's a cheap piece of crap, it will break yeah. in five years. Exactly. <laughs> So yeah, I, it was actually one of the trends that I noticed and I had no data to back it up. It was just, but I, I think where it started was, oh gosh, if I have to ship it, if I have to spend mm-hmm. the dollars to ship it to my customer, well, it's going to cost me 15 or $20 to ship it. Well, I'm not going to spend $20 to ship a $3 item. I'm going to right. reinvest. I'm going to make it. And right. so I, I think that the idea that 47% are saying that they got it in the mail 
but yeah. and then however many are saying that they remember it, like that's that's 48 powerful yeah that's powerful it's statistic. real powerful and and it's one of those things distributors if you're a member of ptai go on the website go on the research tab there are so many good nuggets in there and it's really great information a create some content with it you can create some really great content with this stuff yeah. and share it with your clients they are not as, as much as it's going to hurt you in the feelers they don't think about promotional products as much as you do yeah. so take some time pull out some of those nuggets and share those with your clients or your prospects, the ones who are on the fence that I don't see the value in promotional products. Well, here's some real evidence right here of the, the, the absolute impact, quality, useful, thoughtful, experiential promotional products can have. Yeah. And again, I think that's, that's the key, right? Is that yeah. um, it, it, I, it's, it's funny. I was talking about uh, speaking today. And when I was talking yep. to the audience, I'd be like, if you decide we have, we need to have some cheap shit to hand out, those are the results you're going to get. If you yep. talked about having experiential and thoughtful and quality, if you do those things, that's where those numbers, that's where you'll see that bear out. If it, yep. And again, that's, that's up to us to guide people to do. It, it really is. So I thought that was some super interesting stuff. So it made for a really easy promo front today. <laughs> All right, Which is Kirby, what you, you really top. like, right? Oh, it's the best. It's the <laughs> best. All right, Kirby, you got a topic for us? Yeah, I'm going to go totally off, off uh, promo here for a little bit. So excellent. Uh, the headline is NFL star to take all Bitcoin salary. Okay. Um, so Odell Beckham Jr., wide receiver who's mm -hmm. now with the Los Angeles Rams, um, mm -hmm. announced that he will be accepting his salary in Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. which I, I think is really interesting. The deal is part of an mm -hmm. arrangement with Cash App, um, a digital wallet owned by Square. Yep. So mm -hmm. um, there's, there's actually other um, NFL players who've you know sort of announced that they are expressed enthusiasm for crypto. I, I We don't have to spend a ton of time on this, but I do think that this is a growing trend, at least right now. Do you mm -hmm. think that this is something, especially, you know, <laughs> talk sports, all of the freaking uh, college coaches who've decided yeah. to all change their jobs in the last 15 sure. minutes. Um, do you believe that this is a trend or if this is just a cute thing that, that Odell's like, I've got enough money, I'm going to do this to stand out and get paid in different ways. I'm curious to know if you think this is a long-term thing. I think it's kind of both. Um, okay. I, I, you know, money is increasingly becoming something that our numbers on a spreadsheet. It really doesn't exist like physically any longer, right? Mm. I mean, it does, but it's shrinking. I mean, how much mm. cash does one carry around on a given day? It's yeah. very little. Most people, I, I, I carry none. It's all you know, yeah. encrypted numbers on a card. So to, to think that um, it's foolish that someone like an Odell Beckham Jr. would take a salary in Bitcoin, I don't think it's foolish at all. And I think it's a good way to maximize what in his, in my mind, you know, he is in a decreasing uh, uh, point of return mm, from an yeah. athlete perspective. So for him to maximize it, get a little extra uh, cheddar as the kids would say, uh, by, by affiliating with the cash app and getting it in Bitcoin. I think it's great. You know, it's a very, the, here's the thing though, Bitcoin, any sort of that cryptocurrency, which you know, I'm fascinated by quite frankly, but it's extraordinarily volatile. I mean, mm -hmm. it is, you know, it, it, the dollar is a little more stable and the gold's very stable. So until that Bitcoin and Dogecoin and all the other ones become a little more stable, a lot more stable and accepted as payment at a, at a few more places, a lot more places. It's a, it's a little gimmicky, but we're going in the right, but we're going in a direction where that that's where we're headed. 
Yeah, I don't think it's, I think we might be going in that direction, but I think we're a long way off before it becomes, because I think that someone who is in a position where they don't need the money, it's a really Mm -hmm. interesting idea to do. I hadn't thought about the diminishing returns of his talent, which as a Browns fan, we could talk about for a long time, but um, (laughs) not that long, actually, (laughs) but the um, the idea that you would invest in it, I do think it's interesting, um, but yeah. it's not going to be for the the every person at this point because mm. it, because it is so volatile. Um, but I do think it it, it, like, it caught my attention when you're like, yeah. and it, I didn't even know it was Beckham when I saw it that an NFL player yeah. was taking his full salary in Bitcoin. I was like, now that's interesting. So yeah, yeah. Uh, no, it's it's interesting stuff. Cool, good good topic. All right, Kirby, I know you like the Bud Light occasionally, right? You're a big fan. Really. I, I, know you I, don't like I am a, I'm a fan of all beer that is free and cold. Bud Light okay. is my least favorite beer. All right. So can I tempt you with a Bud Light scented candle, Kirby? <laughs> sure. Why not? All right. So they, they've teamed up with Homesick, and it's a company that makes candles designed to invoke feelings of nostalgia, feelings okay. of yesteryear, okay? Um, in this one, it's... it's, it's, it's Roll with me here, Kirby. Okay. This one includes <laughs> the the scent with this one includes notes of lawn chairs, hops, fresh jersey, grass, bleachers, dried face paint, cedar, old pig skin, and smoked charcoal to capture the full tailgating experience. Okay. Um, now Miller Light did something similar at the beginning of the pandemic. They partnered with a candle company and they uh, released a limited run of candles designed to smell like bars that were closed during uh, pan- the pandemic. I absolutely love this. I'm not mm-hmm. sure I really love the candle smell. I don't mm. know what lawn chair smells like, <laughs> but I love the idea because since our really an amazing thing and we don't do a lot of that in promo now you and i had the fortunate opportunity to visit our friends over at snugs Mm. about two or three years ago and they walked us through the factory we had the hair nets and the whole nine yards and walked us through how they created um lip balm and all these other things and i think you and i are most captivated i mean we're captivated by all the great people there and the manufacturing but the one thing i know that stuck us both out they have this room and they have a chemist in there mixing different things yeah. to make sense, any scent you want. And I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated by that because I'll be damned. I'm sure that candle smells exactly like I just described it. Right. Yeah. I don't think we incorporate that sense as much as we could mm. with our promo. And I actually got to think, and usually I do this as a joke, but this is not a joke. Um, I'm not talking about the barbecue in a sweatshirt. We talked about that with Arby's. That's kind of gimmicky. Right. But what about, I'm thinking more in terms of like packaging. Right? Mm-hmm. How cool would it be to get old fashioned glasses that are that have someone's logo on them and the box has a bourbon smell to it or mm-hmm. a leather smell to it that, yeah. that, you know, or tobacco, something like that, or uh, beach scented boxes for sunglasses and beach towels. I think mm-hmm. I, I, to really, I mean, things like that, uh, freshly cut grass for koozies. I thought that'd be kind of fun for, yeah. for, uh, and yeah, the beach towels one. also coconut or, you know, cause yeah, it's coconut, sunscreen right. yeah. uh, or even seriously, if you want to create the concert experience, how about uh, a CBD or weed smell for Bluetooth speaker, right? <laughs> it's just like you're there. You get your contact high. Yeah. In all seriousness, 
I think we need to do a better job of incorporating the sense of smell within promo. And I wanted to get your take on that. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I, 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 his name's escaping me. I know him, um, but he talks about the five, how, how. Um, That'd be our good friend, Chris Piper. Thank you, Chris Piper. I apologize, Chris. Um, it, it, that he talks about the idea that promo is the, the, five the advertising branding. medium that touches all five cents. And I think you're yeah. right that that's one that it, we don't spend a lot of time on. I, I'll be the first to say I don't think about right. that until, but I do love the idea of not only working in the packaging, but I think, yeah. you know, from a lip balm perspective, I think about oh, yeah. it with, when, when that happens. The, sure. only, the only piece of exception I would take to the Bud Light piece is they said that there was the smell of hops and there's no hops used in Bud Light. That's <laughs> well, I, there's, <laughs> look, Bud Light's water anyway. <laughs> but no, I just thought, I, I really think, I'd, and it's really a supplier thing we're talking about here. I yeah. mean, most distributors don't have the capabilities to have a little uh, a scent mixing lab in, in, their, uh, yeah. in their facility. I'd love to see options like that. I, as a distributor, I think for the right client, you pay a little extra for that leather or bourbon smell of a box. When you give old fashioned glasses, I think that's amazing. I think it's an, what are you talking about experience? You talk yeah. about a promotional experience. You're really creating one right there. Yeah, no, I, I really, and so I know what you're saying. The suppliers are, you know, the best suppliers, like, like you mentioned yeah. snugs. Those are the folks that are going to yeah, rain execute, and execute on it. But as distributors, we also need to be thinking proactively about yes. engaging all five senses. And I think that's where the conversation starts. And man, like in my mind, this is the kind of stuff, Bill, that whenever I, I have a, you know, somebody gives me an idea like this, I'm always like, mm -hmm. okay, how could I do this in a self promo? How could I do this exactly. in marketing for myself? Because exactly. then when I introduce that, and then, you know, when you do marketing for your own company, that is super mm -hmm. powerful and super cool. It almost yeah. always leads to somebody going, can you do that? I want for that me? too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so, no, so that's the so, takeaway is like, how do we do that within our own promo? And I think it's distributors starting the conversation with suppliers. Hey, I've got an idea. It's a little out there. Can you do this? Yeah. How can like we it. do this together? Um, so just, I thought that was a really cool topic. Got another one like for it. us? Yeah, we'll do one more and then we'll, we'll hit the game if that's okay. Yeah. Um, okay. So social media. So Lush to social media says, I quit. So Lush is a soap and cosmetics giant, uh, Lush mm -hmm. Cosmetics. They're deleting their presence on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and TikTok. I think it was last Friday, but it could have been this Friday, citing mental health concerns. Okay. We, we wouldn't ask our customers to meet us down a dark and dangerous alley. This is a quote. We wouldn't mm -hmm. ask them to meet us down a dark and dangerous alley, but some social media platforms are beginning to feel like places no one should be encouraged to go. That's what the, mm -hmm. the retailer said. Um, it will remain off the platforms until they ensure a safer environment for users. Mm -hmm. I thought that was really bold. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. really, I don't know if it was smart, but it was really yeah. bold. It was really interesting. And I wonder if it's going to become a trend, especially with brands like that. I mean, that's a big brand to, to say, look, yeah. we're not going to spend $100 million on this because A, I don't know if we're getting the return and B, we don't know if it's yeah. good for people. I just thought it was fascinating. I'm curious to know if you think you, this is going to be something that happens more often. I, I'm embarrassed to say what I'm about to say because it shows me how much of a cynic I've become because my first thought was, is this just grandstanding? Is this getting attention by intentionally being a contrarian? And, you know, and, and, and I need to put that on my head. So I'm going to look at it from a purely 
as much as I can, because clearly I'm already biased, <laughs> but as much of a subjective view as I can. Um, I'm assuming that they're doing it for the right reasons, right? The reasons they stated, those would be the right reasons in my mind. Um, nothing sinister, nothing behind the scenes or anything like that. Nothing. I, I, I think I think that's important. One of the things we talk about, Kirby, is it's not what you sell, it's what you stand for. Mm -hmm. And again, if I'm really looking at this objectively and I want to, if that's what they, if they, if they're practicing what they preach, Hey, we don't feel social media is healthy. We don't feel like it's a, a, a safe road to go down. Kudos. I think that's great. That doesn't make it bad or good for anybody else. That's their decision. That's their representation of it. And I think it's great that they have, these are our defined principles. Mm -hmm. Social media head goes outside of those principles. So we're saying, no, I'm not sure it's good for their business. I'd never heard of them till this. So that's mm -hmm. why I kind of got the cynical part, right? right. It's not Maybelline, right? It's not L'Oreal. Yeah. I, again, I haven't worn makeup in months, so I don't know. <laughs> I've never heard of them. Well, I, I find it interesting. And, and again, this is the guy perspective mm -hmm. coming out. The idea that a cosmetics company is taking away their Instagram account because yep. it feels sinister and that you're creating sort of a fake <clears throat> atmosphere while right. putting makeup on yeah. seemed mildly ironic to me, but well, okay. <laughs> well, and here's the other part of it too, Kirby. You know, one of the things I always laugh about is when a, a human, not a, not a company, makes a big deal about, I'm off, of, I'm done. I'm off of Facebook. <laughs> right. I've got to go. You know, I, I I don't know if people realize this or not. You can actually delete your Facebook accounts without telling people. On right? Facebook. <laughs> On Facebook. You can do that. So I don't know. I don't know. Interesting though. Very interesting. So, so, the, so only piece, be, the only piece of that yeah. on defending them is it it would be weird if a mm -hmm. major organization didn't have a presence like that. So announcing it, I think, makes more sense for an organization than it does for an individual. I guess what I'm going to say, though, is this. Are you, are you throwing out the baby with the bathwater? There's a lot of programs on television um, that I'm sure uh, advertisers don't agree with. But that doesn't make all television bad. Right. There are things on social media I don't like or agree with either. It does not make all social media bad. And to cut off that direct line of communication, um, both from a, you know, really from a marketing standpoint, it's a dangerous maneuver. That's for sure. It'll be very interesting to watch. I don't know what their sales are now and what they will be. Yeah, you know, I, that'd curious. be interesting to follow up on. Um, do we have time for one quick one or no? Yeah, yeah Real sure. Real quick. Okay. Um, I called you in the beginning of the podcast, the Admiral of Alternative Plastics. And I know being eco-friendly is very important to you. You're making a face, Kirby. I, I'm Why just curious to know where you're going with this. That's all. Well, I, you would agree. We need to find eco-friendly alternatives to plastics, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So um, how about some eco-friendly alternative plastic made from salmon sperm? Does that interest you? Sounds delicious. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> so it was invented by scientists in China as I try to move along quickly and not dissect <laughs> that comment. Um, it's two short strands of DNA made from salmon sperm and they're combined with a chemical from vegetable oil that binds them together to create a squishy, ooh, that's a terrible word, <laughs> squishy material known as hydrogel. And then that gel is then uh, molded into different shapes and freeze dried to uh, remove the moisture, making it a solid, right? And they've made a couple things. They made puzzle pieces and cups out of yeah. this uh, this hydrogel. Two questions: One is salmon sperm plastic the future of, of plastics in the promotional products industry? No. Next question. Okay. Number two: Would you ever feel comfortable selling salmon sperm plastic? 
probably uh okay. the, yeah i mean again it's one of those things where I think that there are people who are much smarter than I am, and that's not hard to believe, that are coming up with these things. I I think once things get beyond um, yeah. the, the experimental, yeah, a marketer is going to enter the room and they're going to say, "Stop calling it that." Right. <laughs> Let's call, call it hydrogel. It, yeah, call it hydrogel. hydrogel. <laughs> yeah. So and, well, then and here's I'll the be thing: super comfortable <laughs> taking the giggling like fourteen-year-old schoolboys like we are because yeah. we said the word sperm. Yeah. Um, I love the fact two things, and in all seriousness, I love the fact that people are trying to find alternative ways to uh, create things that we seemingly can't live without. I look around my room and there is plastic everywhere and we know it's horrible for the environment, right? right. And the second thing is the fact that we use every piece of an animal. It's one of the things I always mm -hmm. admired whenever I read about Native Americans, how yeah. um, when they you know, killed a buffalo, they used every piece of the buffalo. And so that, you know, just because it's, it's uh, you know, salmon baby gravy doesn't mean you can't use it for something else. Sure. Okay, all Kirby, right. let's go to the game. Let's do let's it. Let's go to the game. Let's go. All right. I'm excited. This is the party in the back. I am ready to mullet this thing up. Let's go. Okay. So I was thinking about it. You just had a birthday. Happy birthday. I did. Thank um, you very little. And, you know, at, at this uh, point in your life, yes. uh, your career is set. Your career path is set. You are yeah. a genius marketer. Um, mm. Everyone knows it. And so, yeah you're doing what you're doing, right? Yeah. But what if it wasn't? Oh, what if okay. you had to start all over? Mm -hmm. What career would you choose? We're going to do either or. Okay, I like this. And okay. before you jump in on this real quick, just to touch on the game last week, um, we did a little prop. Oh, bet yeah, thing I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah, you destroyed me. There's no reason to go line by line. You literally won six of the eight. So okay. didn't have to go to the tiebreaker. So Kirby, I owe you a hat. You will tell me which hat I owe you, which chapeau I owe you, uh, yeah. if you will, yeah. at a time of your choosing. So please. Okay, either or, if Bill wasn't a marketer, what would Bill do? Let's yes. do it. Okay, so we're going to start. And again, this truly, there's no wrong answer. If you want to elaborate, sure. great. If you don't, that's fine. Okay, mm -hmm. would you be a doctor or a lawyer? Lawyer, I... I, I I, I don't have the steadiest of hands. I never have. I mean, I, I, I don't. Um, like when I play Operation the Wacky Doctors game, I failed miserably. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's, and so I think we'll all thank you for being yeah. a lawyer. And instead. I like talking. Yeah, that's, that's everybody. what I thought. And you like writing. So that made sense I to do. me. Okay. A restaurateur mm -hmm. or a DJ, like a radio DJ? A radio DJ. Uh, that was always my dream. Yeah, that's I, what I, kind of I I really, it's one of the, it's, it's one of my only true regrets in life that I didn't pursue a career in broadcasting. Um, I let some people talk me out of it and I, I wish I hadn't actually, I let my parents talk me out of it and I regret it to this day. Yeah. Well, you're getting to do some of that now. So that's good. Yeah, that's absolutely. I'm living yeah. my dream right now. Yeah. Um, okay. Would you be a bartender or a singer? Ooh, singer. Okay. Singer. A um, rebel yell. I, I do a little rebel yell. I do <laughs> like my uh, karaoke, as uh, the uh, Japanese would say. I, I love to entertain. I love to sing. Um, I don't mind. You know, I still get anxious. Like you and I are doing speaking, some speaking in Vegas. I get that nervous, but there's something about those 90 seconds before you start and you go on that stage and get in front of people that just makes me feel incredibly alive. Yeah, love that. Okay, cool. So you you do like to write. Mm -hmm. 
So would you be a novelist or a songwriter? A novelist. Okay. Novelist. Yeah. All right. I, 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 I'm too wordy. Every, every song would end up being like cashmere from Zeppelin <laughs> if I wrote songs. Okay. I like it. Know thyself. Truck driver or a telemarketer? Oh boy. <laughs> My career's taking a quick downturn. Um, I'm going to go truck driver. Um, uh, I'll take some roofies on the road and drive 20 hours straight. Let's go. Okay. A food critic? Amphetamines, not roofies. Sorry. Yeah, that, I, whatever. Yeah. A food. I was moving on. Food critic, music critic. Oh, oh, oh that's a tough one, right? Um, I'm gonna go food critic because I have a really hard time slamming music, even music I don't, for lack of a better term, understand. Um, that's art. So is food, but I know it tastes good to me and what doesn't. Okay. Music is so much more in my mind subjective. And so I don't, I don't love music critics. Cool. Okay. A uh, couple more. You're doing great. Uh, event planner or wedding planner? Oh, event planner, wedding. No, no. Uh, and okay. move next. <laughs> I thought, I thought you'd look good in the role of JLo of that in that movie. So would you no. rather be a midwife or a farmer? Oh, a farmer. Okay. Farmer. Um, I, you know, I, I'm an early riser as it is, and there are, I don't take a lot of pleasure in yard work, which I am extrapolating into farming, yeah. but I think I could learn to enjoy that. The process so, of that. Okay, cool. Yeah. Okay. Two more. An optometrist yeah. or a dentist? Oh, man, optometrist. I, 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 I don't want to be near people's janky mouths. I don't, I don't have any desire to do that. Plus, I want to, I want to just sit there and use the same two lenses and trick people. Better or worse? Better or worse? Better or worse? Sounds great. Okay. Uh, final one. Would you rather one. a web designer or a graphic designer? Graphic designer do so much of that now with with brand of eight and what we do um yeah and i, I really enjoy it um yeah. so i'd say graphic designer but you know what else i enjoy kirby what's that bill i enjoy losing a hat bet to you but beyond <laughs> that i enjoy talking about our good pals over at soapbox marketing communications we talked about how they've really extracted the best parts of those supplier meetings and created a virtual online platform that's super simple easy to use and it's very impactful very powerful. You heard Shannon Laredo's comment earlier in the podcast. If you're a distributor that sells $500,000 or more, you need to step up your game and get up on that soapbox. Not tomorrow, not after breakfast, but right now. So head over to promosoapbox.com right now. Fill out the form there and uh, one either Dan Piggott or Brett Schaefer will get right back to you. Or you can even email them at info at promosoapbox.com. You're really not going to be sorry you did. They've done such a killer job in creating this really cool ecosystem um, that, that really connects suppliers and distributors in ways that frankly haven't been done. Yeah, it's, it, it really is a great platform. And you talked about the easy to use. I think sometimes we get scared about new technology. It, yeah. is, it is really genuinely easy. Yeah, the word simple is not a pejorative, folks. Simplicity yeah. is an incredibly difficult thing to achieve, and they've achieved it. So, yeah. you know what else we've achieved, Kirby? A super damn long podcast today. <laughs> so, let's go ahead and wrap this baby up. Yeah, man. That's right.